right, welcome back to Die Hard Minute. I'm Rob from Tombstone and Titanic Minute, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend Joe. And today, hello everybody. Today we are joined by a guest, <laughs> another good friend, Duff. Duff is here, and uh, Duff has been on Tombstone Minute multiple times and is part of the three-man booth for Titanic Minute. Correct. Uh, He's, uh, are you our Frank Gifford or our Dan Deerdorf? I think I think he's our OJ Simpson. Oh, oh no. No. <laughs> uh, I was arrested for stealing my own stuff. Are you the yes. no, he's he's the Dennis Miller of the booth. <laughs> uh, uh and today we're going to talk about minute 53 of Die Hard. In this minute uh in minute 53, John has a close call in the vents and we meet Sergeant Al Powell. Carl Winslow. <laughs> Carl Winslow. Let's just let's just let's talk about. We're not to Reginald yet. Let's back off Reginald and his wet boot, and let's oh talk God. about let's talk about Carl here. Um, Carl, not Carl Winslow. <laughs> Carl, Carl with a K. With, Carl with a K. Yeah, Hungus. he's poking his gun up at the vents. Now earlier, Joe, you you were telling us you should tell Duff about how uh, uh, you used to have to do this when you were younger. Yeah, my cat would always get into the heating ducts, <laughs> and the only way to get him out would be like you'd have to like see where he had stationed himself, and then go to the other side of it and press up on the vent and drive him back towards the like um, s- sort of the what do you call it like the gate, you know, where it opens did up you, at the bottom. Did you use floor. a very large weapon to do so? I did not. Did you just, just my hand? It would have been maybe more effective had I used a shotgun or something. <laughs> did, did you only? Did you ever only know where the cat was because the cat had used the lighter? You're like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, the cat thought that it could be like it could smoke weed in there without getting caught. Yeah. So I just had to wait. I just had to wait for him to like try to light up. <laughs> Cat's just hot boxed in there. <laughs> Our whole home was exposed to illegal drugs <laughs> when the furnace turned on. <laughs> um. So I, this this sequence bothers me. This minute bothers me because it, it's maybe the only minute in the movie where you're like, "This is ridiculous." <laughs> He's I'm, trapped. I, <laughs> yes. And yeah. Well. Well, I mean, well, that alone, it, like it, his, his the fact that he's not caught is absurd. Yeah, first of all, those vents can't really hold the weight of a large adult man like that, and you'd think it would be sagging. I read that apparently in ventilation shafts, it could hold a human body. It's built for that sort of weight. But I saw a clip from MythBusters when they tried to like climb through a ventilation shaft to just see how quiet you could possibly be and it was like absurdly loud yeah like, it's, you it's would... <laughs> basically it's aluminum or something like that it's... yeah i mean it's just like pounding that's yeah. happening every the, time the issue move. actually is that it is strong enough to hold up an average sized human male but because of all the nails strewn about in there that extra <laughs> weight makes it too heavy and that's why this yeah. is unrealistic so Carl's poking his gun. Uh yep. Fritz is around. We don't know where uh what's the name of the other guy? Um Fritz and uh Franco. We don't know where Franco is. I have no idea what happened to Franco. But 
as far as we know, it's three verse one with John in the ventilation chefs. Um, Carl's about to get him, right? I mean, he's he's sort of like decided to systematically go through, and very, it makes very me wonder. German. Very German. Yes. Mm, engineering. What does he think he already killed him? Like, is he checking for a body that, like, a dead body? Ah, uh, maybe. No, that he's not that. Because if he did shoot him, then blood would come out of the bullet hole. Yeah. Do we know? That? I think he's unsure if he's <laughs> even in. I think he's unsure if he's even in there in the first place. So here's he my. Have- Here's my question: Like, why is he being so cautious? Why doesn't he just like lay gunfire into this vent? Well, he does well, the he first the time. Minute. Yeah. So How like, many what, bullets what? would you guys estimate was fired into that that vent that that uh, duct? I'd say like fifteen, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I I have no idea. Um, A lot. I, <clears throat> I I am the ultimate uh, cuck in that I have never fired a weapon. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I have no real knowledge. Uh, all my knowledge of guns is from video games and movies. Well, I can tell you when it makes a loud noise, that's when a bullet comes out. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So how many times did you hear the loud noises? Uh, <laughs> count the loud noises. I do know that guns um, are very loud and all these guys would not be able to hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, so he, he fired, he'd fired into the previous minute. Now he's poking up in there. And then we have, for a reason I, I do not understand... Um, we have uh, Fritz runs in there. Carl, Carl, what are you doing? Carl. <laughs> now I had thought I had thought until just before we started recording that he was speaking in German. Uh, well, sometimes they All mix right, it that, up. That, I was gonna save this for later, but Rob needs to be called out for his transgressions <laughs> in this okay, area. Okay. Let's just do it now. I was gonna wait till later. You had to be told by another person that they were actually speaking German in this movie and not gibberish. I had. <laughs> How can you not recognize as an an adult, college-educated male? Well, the male part doesn't matter. That that <laughs> so I'm very weird that I said that. Uh, that he's speaking German, like spe- real German. How did you not recognize the words Polizei? Yeah, I. Have read. you played? <laughs> also, Rob is from like a rural Wisconsin where there is lots of German heritage. Like, you should recognize German words. Guys, I read that it sounds convincing, but the grammar, diction, and pronunciation are terribly wrong. And as a result of the it- mangling of the language, the terrorists were simply described as hailing from Europe in the German release of the film. But the, there's still like there's still clear examples of very obvious German words. Yeah, like Polizei. Yeah, it's. But I don't know German, and 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 I I, don't I understand. <laughs> but the but the but the idea that you would hear a language you don't understand, and you would just assume that in this Hollywood blockbuster, that they would just be tell these actors. Just like Charlie Chaplin giving a speech, <laughs> yell gibberish, making f- and uh, offend our entire German-speaking audience. I, d- I didn't hear schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> like, did you ever read like diary Bratwurst. diary of Anne Frank? 
Did you understand? Yeah, I read the English version. Right, but they... Oh, my God. (laughs) Did you get that the other guys were German? Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying that I had read in my research that the German was very poor and that even when it was released in Germany, they had to, like, kind of be like, oh, they're just European. Now... Well, I think that I've... I feel like I had heard something like that. I feel like that's also because... You know they were kind of sensitive because they were obviously German terrorists and they didn't want to offend Germans. It wasn't totally because like of the gibberish. Obviously, a long-standing like kind of sensitive and most of the time offensive thing with Hollywood action movies and terrorists. You know, uh, like like there's been a lot of problems with like Arab American actors like can only get jobs playing terrorists, things of that nature. Okay, and and then when you when you go back and you watch movies that are are older like this one, it's like refreshing in a way that the terrorists are white. Yes, you yeah, know, and, they... and from the Western world, like so. If you're making a, a, a film, a fictional film, you know, you're starting from scratch, and your your film involves terrorism. You know, all of us are are left leaning. Each the three of us are left leaning guys. What background do you give your terrorists so you don't feel guilty about it for, like, you know, stereotyping? Is is there a safe pick? Is domestic an okay choice on here? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the right answer. <laughs> yeah. is you just make it, like, the same as all those, like... Like Timothy I- McVeigh-type people? Yeah, yeah, just, like, uh, you know, backwood... No, I, sh- I shouldn't say backwoods militia types because most of, like, the neo-Nazis walking around, like, live in suburbs and uh but you know yeah you know, their middle class background you know but like but yeah militia. i guess like 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 now and and maybe this will bleed into the culture now that that's the biggest terrorist threat in our country you know is, is a right-wing domestic terrorist and, and that's been like that for a while but yeah um, I, but like it, it like is that it, it's just a weird thing like as a, a screen if you're a screenwriter and and you're gonna make a a, a a film where this the level of conflict is like on a global scale what do, what do you do in that area well i do I, I think the answer is probably just don't do it but don't write I, it i do like the diehard approach to terrorism because it's kind of to an extent it's a it's a cornucopia because you have uh the german guys and then you have mm-hmm. there's one asian guy there's an Italian guy. Uh, there's the Huey Lewis looking guy. Yeah. So <laughs> is that the guy at the security desk? Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. So and one thing I really like, and this is not connected to this minute at all, but the uh I don't remember if the Asian guy has any lines, but the one scene they do give him is that he's like waiting for the cops to show up and he's at the candy station and like there's a really funny joke where he's just reaching in to get a candy bar. And I I think that's pretty cool. Like, it's just, you know, like you just said, he's not, I mean, by the standards of the 80s, like, this is the era of, like, Rambo and missing an action and things like that. Yeah. And he's just kind of treated as, like, a regular character who likes yeah, candy. That's true. I think Yuli is his name. But, yeah, he's, he's. you're right. I mean, there's, there's a Chinese guy. Um, I think um, Eddie, the guy at the front desk, is American. Yeah. Well, there's, um, and there's, have, there's African-American guy, the guy who's doing the yeah, computer in the vault. Yeah. I think Marco's Italian. Um, 
Yeah, there is sort of like I, yeah, yeah. I guess this it's, movie actually does it right then. <laughs> I, and, and I guess people. like really, if you if you write your film well, then then your villains have like kind of a clear cut political or financial objective, and and it's very easy to make that objective not based around religion or or race or anything like that. Yeah, they just so, want yeah. money. But they just they just don't. Like mo- most movies involving terrorism, don't take that approach at all. They're just sort of no. like yeah. some kind of weird, or not weird, but like just some kind of like foreign boogeyman that an other, yeah, an yeah. Other. It, You're right. It's the uh, the Edward Said Orientalism. Yeah, um, yeah. It's actually a good point that most these most yeah. these guys are. That's from one just one of the countries. reasons I love this movie. It's a it's a United Nations of terrorists. Terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> It's the we uh, are the world. We are the world of terrorism. Yes. <laughs> oh man, what I would do for a deleted scene of all the people, all those eleven guys singing that song. Yeah. Well, well <laughs> one of them is a singer, right, Duff? Yes. Uh, oh, that's good. Good segue. So Fritz. Oh my God. Fritz, who is played by Hans uh, Buren, Buringer, Buringer, I'm probably uh, Buringer. Buringer. Probably yeah, be how you pronounce it. If he's Austrian. Um, Hans. And- Buringer, this this is one of two movies he ever did. He appeared in something called Contract Online in two thousand eight. Um, <laughs> that's what I had to. Jam. That's what I. That's what I signed. That forces me to do these minute by minute podcasts <laughs> with Rob. Um, the guy didn't do a movie for twenty years, and he's like, "Yeah, this this is what I want to do. This I'm, is the next one." I'm just looking at IMDb and okay. Contract Online. Oh, it's a fifteen minute short, and it's French. Oh, okay. And it says, the tagline on IMDb says, just about anything is for sale online. How long before one can buy an assassin online? Or is this already possible? Well, that's um, <laughs> terrible. Well, he, was, he, he had his hiatus to filmmaking was due to his uh, music career. Yeah, sure. apparently he is an Austrian singer, composer, and kinesiologist, according to this article in the Washington Post. And he put out an album. He put out an album called Try. It's available on YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere else. I couldn't find any info on all music. He doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. Um, it's very kind of... Can't get it through Columbia House? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Sorry, everyone, about letting my dad come on this podcast. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, continue i'm sorry so he uh, try an album called an, try an album called try and there's a youtube clip of two or three of the songs and it's all right well let's let's drop let's drop a little clip from try and right here okay okay they make us lose all there is to win by fearing to try all our lives we walk along thinking of ourselves that something's wrong that's um, amazing that yeah. is just <laughs> pop genius right there and if you look at the youtube clip there's a lot of pictures of him with animals <laughs> yeah he's like he's sitting on a zebra animals <laughs> yeah he's wrestling a crocodile he's holding hands with a chimp he's <laughs> so now that we know this information i wonder what he was telling what he was telling carl <laughs> <laughs> they had to do. Carl, did you listen to my demo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the power's been out in my house for a while. I have not been able to listen to it. 
Nine. He, like, <laughs> like that means no, I, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just gibberish. <laughs> um, I I will urge our listeners to check out this video. By the way, I mean you have to. It's hopefully it can be hopefully it can be linked from the blog. Yeah, we don't have editorial control over the description matters in the episode releases but we will advocate for the link being included yeah, yeah. for sure or you could um, always go you well, could always follow titanic minute at twitter yeah. agree we can agree guys that uh fritz really uh really messed this up here by by calling by calling him for whatever reason for calling carl out of this yeah it would have been and a much for shorter carl for movie. listening um, well hold on okay actually but but um he has his gun pointed down at the guy ready to shoot. Yes, that's true. So, but like, I mean, okay, so if he had actually kept going, he would have shot him, and then what happens? Uh, I'm guessing Fritz comes in and takes care like, of Do you business? think he could have scurried through the vent in time to... I will say, if he takes Carl out, there's no way Fritz is handling this issue on his own. Yeah. And we don't I... know where Franco went. Franco just disappeared. Yeah. He's staring into a toilet to see if he'll come yes. out at the bottom of it. <laughs> um, I think what's important is in this minute, we get to see the real hero of the film. And, uh, of course, that's uh, Sergeant Powell uh, as he's driving up to the plaza. Now, I don't know what was talked about previously, but let's we, we should talk about Reginald Bell Johnson for a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to refer to him as Carl Winslow, by the way. So okay. I'm sure I'm sure everyone every other week is doing that. Yeah, that's fine. Well, everyone, I have a different name that I'll refer to him as, and I'll tell you why. Um, everyone oh, knows really that Reginald Bell Johnson, Reginald Bell Johnson is, uh, he always plays cops, right? And I was like, well, like, how is this, has this always been the case? So I looked at his filmography. In 1994, he was in Ghostbusters as the jail guard. 84, uh, yeah. In 85, he was in uh, Remo Williams as the ambulance driver. He was in Crocodile Dundee as a limo driver. Uh, in 87, he was in a movie called Plain Clothes as Captain Graff. But guys, I found a movie where I think um, he might not have been a police officer. In 1987, there was a release of a movie called Magic Sticks. Do you guys know what the movie Magic Sticks is? No. No. Okay. I will tell you the description I read about it. Felix is a down-and-out young drummer who obtains a pair of magic drumsticks from a street vendor. He soon finds out the sticks are able to make native New Yorkers dance uncontrollably. Wow. <laughs> And Reginald Val Johnson plays a character named Licorice. What? Uh, I'm guessing. Licorice? I'm guessing Licorice. this movie is, is problematic. I feel like it's a hundred percent chance that this is racist. I have I have not seen Magic Sticks. I'm looking at the IMDb page right now. There's a character named Mr. Jazz. Oh no! <laughs> Please click on the director. And tell me what he or she looks like. Peter Keglova. They don't even have a photo for them. Oh, God, good. Yeah, um, like... They're German. <laughs> oh, oh, we're back around. Oh, Here we go. They, they directed a movie called Das Call Girl. <laughs> What's... Wow. 
All right. I think, like, even by our standards, we're too far off the rails now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I do have uh, what I think is, is a question that will lead to an extended conversation. Should we sh- should we try to talk Duff into coming back tomorrow and participating in this discussion? Or yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go too long on this. Let's Duff. Let's let's bring you back tomorrow for a minute fifty four. Yeah, Are you around I, tomorrow? Yeah, I I haven't. Well, hopefully, I'll have a chance to watch that minute overnight. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is what they call in the music business an encore. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's. <laughs> You know the movie Magic Sticks, which is about the music business. I was hoping it was related to uh, Magic Mike. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I I just want to. Uh, I, nothing else really happens this minute. John gets out of the ventilation shaft. I guess we should mention that he yeah. he does yeah. get out because all the bad guys have just ran away. Yeah. He gets um, out of one of the worst hiding spots you could possibly be in. Yeah. Yes, the only hiding spot he could have possibly been in in that on that area. Yep. <laughs> He got out. Uh, but we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Minute 54. Duff will be joining us. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can follow along at Die Hard Minute on Twitter and at DieHardMinute.com. If you enjoy us, all three of us do Titanic Minute. Um, so jump over to Titanic Minute. And Joe and I previously had done uh, Tombstone Minute. So uh, we'll be back tomorrow for Minute 54. <laughs> Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.